Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry, I was doing the K version. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, the podcast where we explore our internet curiosities. Um, just mixing things up this week, and I thought I'd give Sid a little break. Oh, PU. Start us off. <laughs> now I immediately feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> this is how you feel every week. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, but we're kind of continuing on with our trend of doing one topic a week. See how that feels. That was a correct sentence for yeah, some reason. That's a real sentence. Do you ever say something and you're like, I don't know if that was all like, the time. Okay. All the time. Um, yeah. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Even if you hate it, especially um, if you hate it, we actually. love constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. We're creatives. We strive on improvement mm-hmm. and critique. Mm-hmm. Is um, that a creatives thing? It might just be a human thing. Oh, I just feel like ooh, my creative life is like full of feedback. Yeah. No, totally. I it's think like it's a hard big to part know. Of, I think it's a big part of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, well, I never thought about it Because art though. school, like, that's all it was, was, like, critique. You just show up and they would critique you. They'd be like, hate, hate, hate. You're a five. You're a seven. She's a ten. Have you heard of the LA, like, the LA 10? No, what is How, that? How, like, the scale for rating people on their looks and aesthetics is, like... Like if you're like a, like if you're like a Minnesota ten, you're like an LA four. I'm probably like a Minnesota three, so it's like <laughs> Stop an LA it. one. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I I learned about it a little bit ago, but I just thought it was interesting that one I was like, who's making this up? And two, I was like, that's really interesting that like I guess it's a per city scale. Well, okay, I have to say I agree, and not because I no, think I, LA is better. But I do think because of the industries that we have here, people come that are trying to be in industries where what you look like are, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. Because I have to say, I was in New York last month and I was like, there's a lot more interesting looking people here. Everyone in LA looks very, it's like a template of like four different things. I kind of like it more. Like four different like looks. Like the, the New York version. <laughs> it was like better to be out. Interesting. I think it also depends like what area of LA you're in. Yeah. I mean like where I live, it doesn't. Like if you're in like Beverly Hills, it's like everybody looks the same. Yeah. Like West Hollywood or Hollywood. Well, not West Hollywood. Well, West Hollywood. Okay. Anyways. Um, Well, speaking of West Hollywood. Really? (gasps) Wait. What? Oh, no. Oh, my God. I thought I every the week drama. I like thought I'd delete my thing. Um, not speaking of West Hollywood. Speaking of Salt Lake City. Oh. An LA an LA ten is a Salt Lake City seven. Sure. I don't know. No, Are, it'd be a salt it'd be the other way around. In the in the convention that nomenclature that I was talking about, the whole point is that it's like everybody's hot in LA. So like the bar is higher. So, oh, so uh LA no, uh, Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City, City 10 yeah. is like an LA 6. Something like that, yeah. Okay. Well, remains to be seen. Um, I don't know. Wait, <laughs> are really. you doing Mormonism? I am doing something <gasps> related to Mormonism. No way. Well, it's a it's a story about Mormonism. Wow, we really were on like the I same. Know, I Have know. Have you seen the Book of Mormon? No. 
It's really fucking funny. Is it? It's really funny. My dad loves it. Cackling. I've seen it a few times. And Alex doesn't really like musicals. And he was like, damn. Is the song like, Little Book of Mormon? No, that's Little Mm. Shop of Horrors. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the... How the I song just know goes. they're like jumping. They jump a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When we were watching Hamilton, the like the yeah, one on Disney Plus. I just kept going like this because I just wanted him to do that the whole time. <laughs> and every time we did it, I would cheer really loud. Like the silhouette yeah. of the like the poster. Because remember like the TV commercial for it? It would be the figure would walk out and mm-hmm. do that. Yep. And for some reason, like is there a psychological term for a thing that you see that you like watching, but it also disturbs you? I'm sure there is. Like, yeah, I feel like I've had that my whole life. Like the Cats commercial growing up for the theater production oh of Cats. Oh my gosh. I used to like. I see that so vividly. Be abs- Like I hated it, but I would like always watch it when it came on. Yeah, it's that's like a morbid curiosity maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because that's like the, there was a. Now that's what I call, I think, love songs. Yeah. And for some reason, I hate the sound of those songs. It's a very, like, <laughs> yeah. palpable for me yeah. feeling. Like, it's like a texture almost of the, the music, of love songs specifically. And I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> it, like, makes me feel disgusting. But it was like when the commercial would come on, I, like, couldn't do it. I felt so helpless to it. Yeah. Um, like it reminds me of like, like it makes me feel like popcorn ceilings when I listen to the like. Okay. Is that synesthesia? Is that? Okay. Cause I had that with watching, I said this on our last episode, but I watched Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. the original one. And I had this insane feeling that the movie was the equivalent of like a gas station like a gas station convenience store. Like it has the same. Oh, I get that. I energy. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but, but I said that and I was watching it with people and everyone was like screaming and they're like, that is, what is that? Like, that's so true. Yeah. It's like the energy. Yeah. I don't know. But it's popcorn things, I get it. Like I get the relation. It like feels like it. Like it's yeah. weird. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, well, something hard to explain <laughs> is this story. <laughs> good segue thank you okay so i don't want to say what it i don't want to give a headline because i want a sense of mystery at the beginning okay okay so on october 15th scorpio season (laughs) how do you know when all of this stuff is i don't know i consume too much like do you believe in astro- astrology? Only because I love Pisces. <laughs> I like how Pisces are portrayed. <laughs> I wonder if it's just because we're Pisces. And so we're like, I, I feel love very this. seen by it. I do too. So I had a friend over last night and he was reading. He was like, oh, this like girl that he was seeing um, showed him cosign. Okay. And so he was like. I'm going to read out the Pisces one and tell me what you think. And I'd say like 99% of everything you read. You're I was like, like that hits. But what I don't understand, and maybe you know more than I do, I don't, I'm not very well versed in astrology. So you're telling me that everyone that is born within that four week span has the exact same personality? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Like that part to me, I'm just well, I know like, that there's what? like, there's <laughs> people that are into this are going to be like screaming right now. But I know that there's also like, there's the, 
moonrise this like there's other your rising sign and your like falling sign yeah that i think also have an effect but the reason i'm like there i know people that have birthdays close to mine and i'm like i don't think so caleb's dad his birthday is very close to mine and we actually are very similar emotionally and he's a man and like of a different generation and like is a new yorker do you think is that just probability though think about how many people are born in march <laughs> i feel i don't know it's probably probability but like but i agree like i the the like everything that I've read about Pisces like definitely resonates with me, which is why I think I have so con- much confusion around it. And like I had, cause what I was taught was that it was like astrology is just like pseudoscience and that they leave the readings like vague enough that anyone can latch onto it if they want to. And they're always pretty positive. Yeah. Um. And so my friend, he's a Leo or he's not a Leo, he's a cancer. And so he was reading the cancer one and I was like kind of trying to see if it resonated with me. And I mean, there was some stuff, but it wasn't like, like the Pisces one. I felt like I was like, no, there's some that I'm like, I don't relate to that at all. And I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Let's get back into it. We're in Scorpio season. It's Oct- wait. I actually don't know if it's Scorpio season. I think Scorpio season is November. Yeah, this is incorrect. Um, it's some season right now. It's Halloween season. Oh, October. Spooky. I can't wait for Halloween this year. I really want to like get really. I want to go to a bunch of Halloween parties and make very elaborate dress ups. Can we do a costume together? Yes. Wait. And do you want to get really into Halloween this year in yes. general? Yes. Okay, I'm excited. Cause like I just want to like really. I want to like. Like, we're going to make, like, YouTube videos of us making, like, our, like... Like, I want this to be a process. Like, Ooh. we are going... I have a sewing machine now. Like, Sid. we're going to, like... Okay. like I'm, no, I'm down. Do I some, feel, like, like Hollywood energy. Or yeah. Hollywood? Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> no, like, I want to get, Similar. like, super into, yeah, like, okay. have multiple costumes. Like, got some, like, hot wigs. Like... Yeah. Okay. Maybe a bald cap. I don't know. I'm open. We should be pinheads. <laughs> I don't think I could because I wouldn't be able to look at you or myself in the mirror. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've actually never seen that movie. I just, it's the funniest visual of all time. Like it really is. Um, a not funny visual is that on October 15th, <laughs> a bomb detonated inside <gasps> a building in downtown Salt Lake City. Oh no, we hate that. Yeah, and it killed. Oh, we really hate that. Stephen oh my gosh. Christensen, who was a financial advisor who collected historical documents as a hobby. Was he a Christian? Sin? He was a Mormon sin. <laughs> <laughs> um and he was <laughs> sorry. That was so good. That was good. He was the intended target of the bomb. Um, <gasps> Why didn't they just shoot him? So, well, we're going to learn. He picked up the package. It also harmed his secretary. I just want to give her some credit. No, totally. Because well, I feel like sometimes yeah. it's like, that is a, probably a bad injury and that changed your life and no one's talking about it. Well, and forget the physical injury. That sounds incredibly traumatic. I know. Can you imagine? I don't want to. I... It's, that's too much of a tangent. Um, Good um, self-control. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So he picked up a package that um, was addressed to him in front of his office door, and it concealed a pipe bomb. And What year was this, did you say? 1985. Oh, wow. Okay. And 
the bomb was filled with concrete nails, which are like very intense nails. So they, whoever made it definitely wanted him to be killed. Um, pretty violent stuff. Oh my God. And, um, so once the authorities put the bomb back together, they discovered that it was triggered by a mercury switch, which is like that really satisfying, like action movie thing where like you have to keep it straight or else if it goes isn't that it's like in um da vinci code mm, yeah the thing if you like it like yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah. i'll try to explain it because this is a verbal podcast <laughs> um the the <laughs> little puzzle item he has if you force break it it like a, a thing gets burst and it destroys the message it doesn't matter. Anyways, have you ever tried petting your eyebrow? I do it all the time. I'm like obsessed with it. <laughs> I can't do it though because I have eyebrow gel on because I have no uh, eyebrows. Oh, really? They look nice. Um, Thank you. Very natural. I get mine tinted. Mine is, is that they're just very sparse. Oh, yeah. But if you get them tinted, it like tints the baby hairs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Just started doing it. I actually don't really like how it looks right when it gets tinted, but after it fades a little bit, it's nice. There's this. <laughs> there's this. Have you seen like microblading accounts? Yeah. I'm literally obsessed because there's this one I found where they're like, right after the procedure, it's too dark and puffy, but they always post right after the procedure. <laughs> so everyone looks crazy. Like they're it like, looks like wait. a Sharpie, but that's like they're advertising for it. And I'm like, I don't want that. That looks horrible. <laughs> Show me what it looks like, like two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Like take a picture of someone after. Oh, um, man. I also get randomly Instagram. The Instagram algorithm is so weird because I feel like I watch one video that's like bizarre and then i'm like oh i would like to see more of this so i watch another one and then it's like that's your interest interesting i don't look at the explore page at all so i don't really get to experience the algorithm i don't know if it's the explore that's eh, probably the explore page i always get ones for this like lash like a lash extension artist mm -hmm. <laughs> the lash extensions are like this long <laughs> She's pointing to the middle of her forehead. Like they're like literally. I've seen I've seen people with stuff and like that. I like, am obsessed with them. And there's this one video of this woman on a boat, and she has like really long eye eyelash extensions, and they're just they're blowing in the wind, so her eyes are like this the whole time. And it was the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Sometimes, so when we were at Disneyland, and we went on um the roller coaster, and like my eyelashes are like pretty tame yeah like i get them to look natural but i could feel like while we we're going they were like oh <laughs> they're like flapping in the wind man like they were like dog ears like you know how they're like, like yeah um do you remember that song do your ears hang low do they wobble to the floor they shine <laughs> like a light is it throat. platinum is it gold yeah can you throw it over your shoulder didn't someone remake that into like a rap song do your chain hang low oh yeah my chain <laughs> 24 going. inches is how low i let it hang that's all i remember wow yeah. that was impressive thank you um <laughs> i like wrist hurts um where was I? What do you remember last? The pipe bomb. The mercury switch. Yeah. So they put the bomb back together. Sorry, sometimes I just love the way I use my fingers when I talk. It's very like... 
It's like a show. Um, They put the bomb back together. They discover it was triggered by a mercury switch, meaning that uh, whoever made the bomb must have taken it there because he had to be very... Uh, oh, careful with careful. it. Careful. Like he, could, it. It he couldn't didn't send it through rocked. the mail. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then the next explosion went off two hours later, killing Kathy Sheets. It was at her home. Um, and it was intended for her husband, Jay Gary Sheets, who worked with Christensen at the financial services office. Interesting. Can I just say, I know this isn't a funny thing or we should be making light of this, Yeah. but I do like imagining this person who's probably has like, is feeling really anxious. Like, cause it's like, he's about to like kill somebody and he has to like walk like really straight and he's just like, <laughs> Oh, like I can't let it move. Otherwise I'll kill myself. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, I just like picture this. Yeah. Like how far did he have to walk? And like, what was it like Wait, when he was like, like driving? That's like slapstick comedy gold. Yeah. Like we have to use that in a scene somewhere. <laughs> like, like a guy yeah. just like, please. Or like picture like he's driving and like hits a pothole and he's, he's like, like, Oh, but it just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually literally speaking of, um, there's another explosion. Oh, <gasps> So the next day, a bomb went off in a parked car in downtown Salt Lake City. The man who was injured was 30-year-old Mark Hoffman. He told the police that he opened the car door and the package was sitting on the driver's seat. But when he opened the door, it fell off and exploded. Fuck. Um, Wait, how did it get in his car? That's suspicious. That's pretty suspicious. So he was severely injured in his legs. Does this one have nails in it too? You haven't mentioned the nails for a while or only There were nails in all of them. Oh, ooh, okay. I believe there were nails in this Is that one. how they died or was it on impact? Like, was it like the bomb exploding and they exploded or was it from like getting pelted with a bunch of nails? Isn't that how bombs work? But then why did he include nails? I guess I'm just wondering, like, did the nails kill them or did the bomb? I'm not sure the specifics of like the violence. Uh, on them, I just was wondering. I feel like. No, I don't know. I mean, I think the nails are just to ensure like if the impact isn't as intense, like there'll be some like intense shrapnel like coming at your face. <sighs> violence is so gross. Overrated. Like, hate it. I really do. I don't Have like watching Saw? violence. I refuse. I can't. I, I can't don't, do I don't like, like watching that. Like gore porn. That's like, so that movie that I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, Green Room, mm-hmm. super violent. And I, I feel like I would love it, not because of violence, but because I've heard they, it, it like, it's very tense. Yeah. Um, And I just. I'm writing my next project right now and I wrote so much violence in it and i'm like i don't want to watch that <laughs> it's like what am i doing like i would have to like make that and watch it a lot yeah um but i'm still including it so yeah no a story you know sometimes you just gotta do that that's like when i was at buzzfeed i did this um video on like a horror game i hate playing horror games and i forgot that so i was just kind of like okay it's like 30 minutes i'm just gonna play it for 30 minutes that's yeah. it and then i'm done but I forgot that I was editing it. And so I had to like relive it for like the whole, like however long it took me to edit it. And it was just, I had so much anxiety that entire, even though I knew it was going to happen, just like being surrounded by it was like so heavy for me. It was, I have to say like scary video games are worse than scary movies. Am I right? Yes. Because I think that like, 
actually just played the other day with my friend Steven and he was controlling it and I was just listening and like it was scary but I feel like when you're in control and it's like oh shit I need to run like it feels so much more like you're in it versus watching it happen to somebody else yeah I mean my example is like probably not actually a scary video game but they, I had a sims on PSP uh-huh that was like a sim it was like sim suburbs and there were ghosts the, I so fun I love okay, the Sims but the RPGs. ghosts come out and scare you. And yeah. I would, I one time, Sydney, was playing it at Wood Ranch. Wood Ranch. <laughs> Wood Ranch Labs. Um, and I was playing it at the table and one of the the ghosts came and I freaked out and I threw my <gasps> PSP on the table and it literally caused like a domino effect with all the drinks <gasps> because it, <laughs> I like violently threw it and I caused a scene at Wood Ranch. Um, anyways, anyways, um, well, speaking, I'm going to stop segueing. Okay. We're back. No, but your Mark segues Hoffman, are so good. Okay. Who opened the door in the package was sitting on his driver's seat. Da, 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 da. It opened, he opened a seat. It fell off. Boom. He was severely injured in his legs and had his fingertips blown off, which, ha- um, but those industry injuries were suspicious. It didn't stop him from making another bomb, though. Or did it? No, this was the last one. That's suspicious. That's pretty suspicious. Because um, they looked at, like, how... They, like, know bomb in, like, direction. There's expert, experts and, and stuff, And so yeah. they were like, oh, his legs and his fingers, it must have either been on his lap or in the center, the console of the car, and he was leaning over and it fell over. So, like, he had the bomb. That was, sounds, wait yeah. a minute, that sounds like, wouldn't he, if, it was a, if that was the case and a bomb exploded while he was in his car, wouldn't the car catch on fire? I think it was not, it wasn't a, like, A-plus bomb. He didn't do as good of a job. Yeah. Like, freaking lucky. The one that got Steven Christensen really worked, unfortunately. Um, that was a weird <laughs> way to I was put really that. trying to hold it in because it feels really, um, I don't want to laugh at people's murders, but. Uh, yeah. Well, so he was like, I'm super innocent. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Give me a lie detector test. And they're like, we will. So they did and he passed. And I think he was training it for it. What? I think he was training for the lie detector test. He seems like if you're making bombs and delivering them to people, like you probably also train yourself to like be good at lie detector tests. Yeah. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention that was going to throw you off my tracks a little bit at the beginning was that because um, the first victim and the second victim were the woman's husband worked at the financial place, they thought it was mob related. Because they were, it was the mob. They were like a doing mob, mob vibe. Interesting. Okay. But now they don't think that because they think they're like this guy has weird injuries. Anyways, suspicious. Okay. So he passes the lie detector test. The police are like, "You did it." Like we just know in our souls. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about him, Mark Hoffman. He was. I went to school with a girl whose last name is Hoffman. Do you think they're related? I did too. Probably. Is she Mormon? No. Oh, okay. Um, Is yours? No, I think it's the same person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we went to school together. <laughs> oh, shit. 
It's also spelled differently. It's okay. H-O-F-M-A-N-N. Okay. Um, German must be. Hoffman. Um, so Mark Hoffman was born in 1954 in Salt Lake City. He was raised in a strict... He was raised in a strict The Church of Latter-day Saints. That's what I wrote. <laughs> That's not correct. He was raised in a strict household that, that were Mormons. Mm-hmm. And um, he was a mediocre student, but later tested to have an IQ of 169. What's the highest? That's like the highest. One it's a high IQ. 40 is like you're a genius. So that's like. He's up there. <laughs> um, I think I am. I might have read that wrong. It was for my ADHD report. Um, I kind of was really nervous to get my IQ back. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I was very excited about it. <laughs> I mean, I get um, it. So, okay, so he's he, 1954, year before my dad was born. So okay. for context, he collected coins as a teenager's but forged a rare mint mark on a dime and was told by an organiz- was told by an organizer of a coin collector. Let me run that back. He collected coins as a teenager and he forged a rare mint mark on a dime and was told by an organization of coin collectors that it was genuine. So he was a very good forger. And that's what we're about to get into. This guy's a very good forger. So... Um, like many young men in the LDS church, Hoffman, um, did his mission for two mm-hmm. years. I don't know if you are familiar audience. Um, I saw Book of Mormon. So. She saw Book of Mormon. If you have not or experienced Mormonism <laughs> in your life, there's this typical thing when you turn 18, you go on a mission for two years and it can be anywhere. He happened to go to Bristol, which doesn't seem that. Connecticut? Um, is there Bristol, Connecticut? I think so. Yeah. Bristol, England. Oh, wait, um, is it only men or is it men and women? No, I think women can Everybody. go too oh, now. Okay. I think they oh, used to not. Oh, but now it's like a privilege. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, there's always Mormons in my neighborhood. I never see that. There's not very many in LA. I've never seen any out here. Yeah. Like you guys could like, <laughs> there's I'm lots of people don't come to me. Um, but they're always in my neighborhood and I'm just always, con- or my parents' neighborhood and I'm always confused because I feel like there's a lot of Mormons in that neighborhood. And, huh. like, maybe they should branch out elsewhere. There's Mormons. I used to go... I used to be involved in the Mormon church slightly. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, I was... There was a lot of Mormons in my elementary school because it was across the street from a Mormon huh, stake, as they call it, insider. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that there were a lot of Mormons in that city. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and so... I mean, I don't want to shit on the Mormon church, but they, in middle school, they would have these dances that were like on Friday nights. And as a middle schooler, you can't really hit the club. Like there's nothing to do on Friday nights. So my, one of my friends, like she would go all the time and she was like, oh, do you like want to come to the Mormon dances? And I was like, I have nothing going on. I'd love a night on the town. And so I would go, but it was kind of weird because it was definitely like a mating <laughs> thing because like you would go in and you would have to sit in a room and there'd be like a church elder they're like here are the rules like you have there's like a dress code and like they're like 
if a boy asks, one of the rules is if a boy asks you to dance, you have to say yes. Is it could only boys and girls dance? Yes. Ugh, lame. Um, and then the last rule was have fun. And you would always shout it with them. And then <laughs> you, they would have the dance. And it honestly was a lot of fun. The yeah, one thing I really remember fun. was that they all smelled weird. Like they all had the same smell, and I was just like, "Is it because they're all wearing that underwear?" Not the Mormons, the churches. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh no! (laughs) You didn't specify. (laughs) I just thought maybe if they always had to wear the underwear, you know what to expect. Um. I didn't really get that up close. Like, I when I would get was asked, there a though, distance uh, rule? Yeah, it was like, but I remember like getting like wild at these Mormon dances. Wow. Like basically just like throwing myself around. Yeah, like um, we did. But then, like honestly, I was like a very lonely teen. So like when a boy would ask me to dance, it only happened like a few times. I'd be like, <laughs> me, <laughs> me. Um, Imagine if you would have gotten married to one of them and become like a little Mormon. My first love uh, was Mormon. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you um, ever think you were going to pop out his babies? No, because I was also in love with John Mayer at the same time. Oh. So I like, kind of wanted John Mayer more. Why do Mormon families tend to have so many babies? Do, are they like Catholic? It's a how they don't thing. But, they, but is it because they don't believe in contraception or they like purposely are trying to like have I a think, bunch of kids? I'm not sure about contraception. But a part of the afterlife is that if you have a bigger family, you get a bigger planet. It's like a patriarchal value set. So the interesting father gets a bigger planet. So there's like a direct like reward for pop them out. I feel like you should give it to the mom if she's the one that has to like have her vagina torn that many times. There was a sweet Mormon mom named Val. That was my friend's mom. She made the best mac and cheese. And she just was, she had 11 children. <gasps> and no I just way. could not how? stop thinking about her vagina. Like, I'm sorry. I was just like, like, is, is it how? how are you? I wonder if at that point you just get like the nerves severed. Because my friend's oh my gosh. oldest sibling was like 45. <gasps> no, that can't be true. I think they were like 40 when we were like 10. What? 11 kids too many that's so many how do you how big was their house how well no because it was such a big age range so there was just always kids flowing through basically my friend was the youngest person in the family so she was basically raised like an only child because her older siblings were like way older than her were the 10 all close in age and she was just like later a lot of them were vaguely close oh my god the coolest thing though was her brother was an animator and he was the lead animator for teen titans I love Teen Titans. This is the Cartoon Network show, which I was such a fan of. And for my birthday, she gave me like a drawn oh, Teen Titans. like and a I cell? Cried. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know. Oh my gosh. So love the Mormons. <laughs> They're very sweet people. Yeah. Typically. Anything that's like family, like good family values, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, but I guess it didn't work for this guy. Well, not for him. So he went on his mission. Um... And he came back and he was like on the path towards kind of a good Mormon life. He enrolled in pre, a pre-medical program. Is that what that's called? I don't know. Whatever. Pre-med. I said he enrolled in pre-med. Yeah. And he got married, had four children. Um, 
great. But then, in 1980, Hoffman claimed that he found a 17th century King James Bible. And it seemed to have been a transcript that Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, who's a big guy for them, mm-hmm. probably the biggest guy for them, um, that Joseph Smith's scribe had Martin Harris had presented to a Columbia classics professor in 1828. And according to this account of this King James Bible that he had, um, uh, Joseph Smith, wait, sorry. (laughs) According to Mormon scripture, sorry. Um, in this Bible, this is a huge deal. Okay. In this Bible, Joseph Smith had transcribed unusual reformed Egyptian characters that were apparently copied from the golden plates, um, that he later transcribed into the book of Mormon. So he wrote it in his version of the Bible. And then, so let me just for a second, if you don't understand. Yeah, I'm a little lost. Quick history of Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Very fast. Joseph Smith is the main guy. He claims he went out and found two golden tablets that have a bunch of other But nobody could see the golden tablets except for him. Except for him. And they were given to him by an angel. I have it written down somewhere. Um, I learned that from Book of Mormon. That's how I know that. Um, Moroni. Moroni. The famous angel. They were given to him by the angel Moroni. He transcribed them through this, like, apparatus. That's a part of it. Um, and then that became the Book of Mormon, and then that formed the whole religion. So this is a big deal. This is like finding, like, a relic from the Bible. Yeah. Um, for... Like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. So Hoffman found this and everyone's like, holy shit. And so did he, he actually find it or he just says he found it? He or says is there, he found it. Is there witnesses being like, whoa. So um, he, it was a forgery. <laughs> oh, you don't say. Um, so he constructed his version of this Bible to fit the description from that Columbia Classics professor that was given it. Um because I guess I don't, I'm a little unclear about this. I think it, the Bible, Joseph Smith did have a King James Bible and it was given to a Columbia professor, but the crazy shit in it is like not true. He like made it up. Got it. Okay. We, do we Wait, get the that? Columbia professor made it up or Mark this Hoffman made up Hoffman. that there was these Egyptian characters. Gotcha. That, this is made that up. That have never been found in. It's made up, tablet. but he forged it in there. Yes. So it exists, but it's not real. Yes. Got it. Um, and so this was a huge find for the Mormon church. And at the time, just a quick side note, in the 1980s, the Mormon church was having a little bit of a tough time with public perception. Mm-hmm. And so they were amassing a lot of documents and artifacts from their history Um, so they were like an active search of documents like this. Um, and so Hoffman found it, he presented it to them. They bought it for $20,000 from him. 
And that's in the 80s. That's probably a lot wow. of money. Yeah. Um, and they like publicly announced that they found this. And this is like a huge thing for religion to find like a new piece of. Of source. Um, yeah. Material. So then um, Hoffman, after the sale, permanently dropped out of school and went into the business of a, as a dealer in rare books. And so why am I out of breath? <laughs> it's so salacious. It's um, interesting. So he then fabricated other historically significant documents um, that were noted uh, of, among LDS church history buffs for his discoveries of previous unknown materials um, pertaining to the religion. So he was just like finding all this shit. And I don't know why they weren't like, how, how are, are you, you finding yeah. all this? But they weren't. So Everyone suspend your like, disbelief. Sure. There. Cool. He later claims that when he went on his mission in England, he lost his faith and was very mad at the church. And Wait, so, so it was all prank. What? It's just a prank. It was just yeah, hijinks. It's his, um, was quote the desire to embarrass the church by undermining church history. Man, that's like a long con. It's a very long con. So it's like not even a prank. It's just like a vengeance. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's very intense. Um, so then in uh, 1981, he presented the LDS church with a document which supposedly provided evidence that Joseph Smith had designated his son, Joseph Smith III, rather than Brigham Young as his successor. Um, and why that is significant mm -hmm. is that, um, I don't know. They would have to change the name of BYU. Yes. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> That's the only reason why I know who Brigham Young is. I know that he's like a close disciples, Joseph Smith, but I don't know much more. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I just knew. I should have looked up more. But why Hoffman did this specifically is because he wanted to prove that the church was mostly interested in buying historical documents so that they could, um, squash any doubt basically being like proving their dubious nature by like censoring history okay but yeah. it's like doesn't totally make sense because it's like dude you're making that up but maybe it's the idea that they are so quick to believe this stuff yeah when it's I, like that's kind of what i'm getting um that like they are not like checking sort like they're not really doing dil due diligence they're just like oh it's a new thing like, oh my god it's a real it's real and he's like, ha, 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 like, I'm making it up. Yeah, I don't know why that was confusing for me at first, but. I don't understand why, like. I guess I don't understand why. Okay, here's what I don't understand. So he says, da, da, da. He expected the church to, quote, buy the blessing on the spot and bury it. Meaning, like, he was like, oh, the church is going to suppress this new information. But I'm like, but you made it up. So, like, why? Would they suppress, like, I yeah. don't understand that. But regardless, he does not like the church. He's okay. very mad Got it, them. got it. We're on the um, same page. So, uh, but uh, the they didn't buy this document because he was charging too much for it. They're like, no, and, it's fine. Um, another branch of the Mormon church that's a little bit more reformed have already apparently claimed that um, Joseph Smith III was the successor. Like, they were like, yeah, we're on board with that, dude. Um, yeah. But regardless, 
he then told the New York Times that he found this article and he was like, I'm going to expose it. Like, so the whole public can see that you guys are censoring shit. So the New York Times um, posted a headline with the headline. <laughs> um, Mormon document raises doubt on succession of church's leaders. And the church was forced to confirm the discovery and publicly present the document. Um that Hoffman has forged. <laughs> so I don't know. But it's, at this point, they don't know that it's forged. Yeah. Okay. I think he's just trying to embarrass them. Um, like get them in deep so that yeah. when he's like, it's fake. I think just to like... show that they're being messy. Okay. It's like, you don't know the sure. history of your own church. Like, <laughs> Losers. So um, his ultimate goal um, with all his forgeries was to create the lost 116 pages of the Book of Mormon. Um, which he was wanting to fill with inconsistencies and errors and then sell them to the church so that they will then censor them. And then as he had done with this other document, uh, have a copy and then give it to national newspapers and be like, look at, just to basically disprove Mormonism. It's actually like so crazy. And when I was reading about this, like apparently a lot of older people in the church are like very traumatized by this time period because it was like not good for the church. Oh, I'm sure. I do think it's interesting though, if like what he discovered or found, like what's making him think that they're censoring things. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause I don't think that he wouldn't have done this if he, this feels like it's like, a very specific like he's enacting a very specific revenge like almost he realized that something like they had censored information to him or were actively censoring information and that affected his belief in it and so now he feels like well i'm gonna show you that they do censor things i guess so this is a controversial take and i'm not gonna say it's my own belief but I think it has something to do with the origins of Mormonism in general. The Mm. fact that it's like kind of hearsay from this one guy. Yeah. And so it's like, it's showing that the leaders of the, I think he's thinking that it shows that the leader of the church are nervous to learn anything more about the religion because it could be on shaky ground. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, Wow. This is nuts. I forgot about the bomb thing completely until just now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, this one is crazy. So this is the most famous of his, um, forgeries. He never did the book of Mormon one. That was like mm-hmm. his ultimate goal was to do that. Cause that would really like fuck them up. But one that he did that was a big scandal was called the infamous salamander letter. And that appeared in 1984. So this is four years into his forgery mm-hmm. business. So the Salamander letter presented a version of the recovery of the gold plates, the Joseph Smith's gold plates, that contrasted very intensely with the church-sanctioned version. So, um, And so the letter suggested that Smith had been practicing money digging through magical practices and that the angel that appeared to Smith was not the angel Moroni, but was a white salamander. Okay. Um, and so this letter was purchased by the church and became public knowledge. But um, 
a lot of the scholars from the LDS church asserted that the words white salamander could be reconciled with Smith's version of the angel Moroni because in 1820, the word salamander might also refer to a mythical being thought to be able to live in fire. And that was the angel Moroni came to him like in fire. Okay. And that um, being able to live in fire is a good approximation of the description Joseph Smith gave of the angel. So they're like, it's a translation error. Like, gotcha. it's not actually okay. a white salamander. So they're, like, explained in a way. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because they bought it and they made it public knowledge. And it apparently really rocked the church. Like, it was a big... Because that's, Scandal. like, cra- that's yeah. like if something crazy happened with Jesus. That were like, oh, Jesus actually, like, did this thing. And everyone's yeah. like, what? And then, like, you could... Because, like, this was a... I didn't write exactly what this document, how it proved that it was legit, but apparently it was in okay. some way. Um, sorry. <laughs> but um, anyways, so Hoffman went on to forge signatures um, and other documents, not even of just the Mormon church. He had signatures from George Washington, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Daniel Boone, Andrew Jackson, Mark Twain, John Hancock, Abraham Lincoln, John Milton, Paul Revere. Um, and did he also forge the Declaration of Independence? He did not, Nicholas Cage, our mm. asses. Um, but he did also forge an unknown poem um, from Emily Dickinson. Oh, wow. His forgery knows no genders. I wonder if he like was like, I'm going to get into poetry now. <laughs> he like was writing poetry and he's like, I'm going to be taken seriously. Did they say, uh, do you have like the span of time that this is going on? Yeah. So it's um really short amount of time. Oh, interesting. I thought it'd be like several, several years. He started, well, it's five years. Okay. I was so thinking more like 10, but okay. He... His first, um, that King James Bible was 1980, and then the bombs happened in 1985. Okay. Um, so, da 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 So, despite the fact that he was, like, kind of making a killing selling all these forged documents. <laughs> yeah, wait, did um, he have, like, a job, or this was his no, job? No, this was his job. He was a rare his book income. dealer. I guess he, like, claimed, I remember hearing this, that, like, he, like, scoured, he, like, traveled everywhere to, like, find, find these this but apparently Mm. he was just like living a very lavish lifestyle because he was making a killing um to the point where he was deeply in debt um because he also was buying a lot of first editions of books to like get context i guess of like to see what it looked like to be able to forge it oh and he's spending so much money um and so he was super in debt and um In an effort to clear his debts, he attempted to broker a sale of the, quote, McClellan Collection, which um, was a extensive group of documents written by an early Mormon apostle who eventually broke with the LDS. And I think this was, again, the idea that, like, these documents probably, like, disproved the religion. And so he's like, they'll spend a lot of money, like, buying this and, like, destroying it. Um, um, and he, yeah, he hinted that it would provide unfavorable revelations about the LDS church. Um, thing is, is that he did not have this collection and he had no idea what it looked like. And uh, this actually was like 
it's reported that this existed. Uh-huh. And so he would actually have to do a lot of research and work into forging this. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, he had promised a bunch of documents to other people and owed a bunch of money to people. So he was kind of spiraling. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a great position to be in. Um, and he spiraled to the point of um, constructing said bombs that were at the beginning. Wait, so that was just part of his spiral? Yeah, so basically, Stephen Christensen was a financial advisor, but he also was involved in the acquisition of these documents with the, within the LDS church. Okay. And so he was on to him. Oh, interesting. So they were like his critics. Yeah, so basically what happened, we're actually kind of getting to the end here, is um, that he was like, he's going to out me and... That can't happen. <laughs> so yeah. he planted the bomb with him. But to, like, make it cover his tracks, he planted one with the guy's boss. So it looked like it was within the financial organization and not something related to him. Gotcha. Wow. And that sucks because he, like, I know killed the guy's wife. I mean, obviously, it's sad that he killed Christensen, well, like, too. But it's just, like... Yeah. He's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Because that's the thing with, like, all these murder stories. It's just, like there's no other way you can handle the situation than like killing someone. It's never going to work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really isn't. It's not going to work. Um, so during the bombing investigation, um, this is when they discovered all of these evidence of forgeries. They like got a warrant for his house and they're like, holy shit, this guy's a master forger. And so, um, they discovered some documents that were claimed to be written by different people. Um, but when they looked at it closely, they all had similar handwriting styles and had been written with a homemade ink that cracked like alligator skin under a microscope, um, even though authentic period ink did not. Which is like, how did they not know that when they would like authentic? Because they would authenticate everything. Oh, wow. And nobody noticed before? Yeah. But something about that I kind of love, which is like, this is kind of a tangent, <laughs> but there's a thing I love about humans is that everyone has a, a aura and everything that they do is all connected to one thing. So like if someone was to handwrite something like everyone's handwriting looks the same you can't really escape the way that you write even if you're trying to forge something e even in the way that you like take a picture like I just feel like yes. people's the way people see the world is so ingrained yeah on everything they do that there's like no escaping it and I actually think that's kind of beautiful I would agree with you good I like that <laughs> well because I was thinking I just think of that a lot about like people's writing. Yeah. And even like bad writing, I just feel like you can still see the human behind it. Yeah. And like, that's why I think anyone can work hard to be creative because you have your own mark with yeah. you. Beautiful. My bravo. God. Bravo. I'm an MFA. <laughs> Inspiring. Um, maybe I should forge documents. It seems lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they 
freaking arrested his ass. And um, <laughs> in uh, January 1987, he pleaded guilty to two counts of secondary murder. He ended up pleading out because he was going to get the death penalty. Um, Ooh. And uh, also, what does pleading out mean? Pleading out means um, you can take a deal, which is instead of going to trial and wasting everyone's time, you say, yeah, I did it. But by the fact that I'm going to not make you take me to trial, like I want a better uh, sentence. So gotcha. it usually happens, I didn't realize there was a word for that. Yeah. Um, it usually happens when someone could be under the death penalty and they're like, yeah, did it. Don't kill me. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Which, I mean, that's, that's Pandora's box, but I was just going to be like, I would want to be killed. Like, if I had to be in prison for my whole life, like, I feel like that would be easier. Um, yeah, I don't know which I would prefer because I also don't want to be in prison my whole for any period of time in my life. Like, put me out of my misery. No, that's what I mean. I would just take oh. the death penalty. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'll just do that. Just gamble a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, da, da, da. Oh, and he also was charged for theft by deception for forging the salamander letter and one count of fraud. Um, oh, only one count. I know. Um, and in 1988, Hoffman told the Board of Pardons that he thought planting the bomb that killed Kathy Sheets, who was the wife of the mm -hmm. guy, was, quote, almost a game. And at the time I made the bomb, my thoughts were that it didn't matter if it was Mrs. Sheets, a child, a dog, whoever. Which is like, you, you're a psychopath. Okay, it's like, you're going to be in like, do you think that helps you? Like, I don't understand. Um, I feel like that almost sounds like him, like explaining how, like explaining away the fact that his plan didn't go like, yeah, he was like, planned. I didn't care. It wasn't that guy. Yeah, like it's, but I actually think me. not to give him any credit, but I think it is to show that that purely was like a deep, like a, not a decoy, um, uh, like red, red, red herring. Um, to, but it didn't work, dude. You blew up the bomb on yourself, you idiot. Idiot sandwich. You fucking idiot. Wait, who was, did they know who that third bomb was supposed to go to? Um, no, but I think it was supposed to be another, like. Decoy. Yeah. Um, and so obviously the, uh, board of pardons says that Hoffman had a callous regard, disregard for human life and that he should spend, the remainder of his natural life in prison. Um, and so he is. Uh, he's still in prison. He's at the Central Utah Correctional Facility. Wow. Um, he did attempt suicide in his cell by taking an overdose of antidepressants. He was revived. Well, they give you that? I, I guess. Like They give you psychiatric medication like that in jail? I feel like I, I would have thought that you'd have to be under like doctor supervision you know what i mean like more like in like um maybe he like claim insanity sort of a thing maybe he did that thing where you, you take it, it and you you know yeah. you don't actually take it um this is just really depressing but also like he's a piece of shit so like i feel like i can say this so he tried to take an overdose to antidepressants he was revived but before he was revived. He spent 12 hours lying on his right arm and blocked his circulation. And so this caused muscle atrophy, meaning that his forging hand was permanently disabled. So you can no Sucks longer. Sucks man. 
really sucks to suck. Um, and that's the crazy story of Mark Hoffman. Wow. That was a real roller coaster. That was a fucking ride, right? And I do yeah. have to give credit to um, one of my favorite podcasts, My Favorite Murder. <laughs> they did this story and I was listening to it and I was like, that's crazy. I want to tell Sydney that story. Yeah. I feel like it's on brand for our podcast too. We love oh, talking no, totally. about it's kind like of random weird and, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Hardcore parkour. I have this. Okay. So forgery. I can't remember if it was on our podcast, if it was in a dream or if it was a movie. I did, I did another forger. But I have such a visual for it. And it's like the. Thomas Crown Fair. That's what it is. Okay. That's it. That's it. I figured it out. <laughs> what is that? Can you explain? Is it Tom Accountafair? Yeah. So if I'm remembering it correctly, it's like something with a forger and then like they find out it's act this famous forger and then they find out that it's actually the forger's offspring and they assume that they're looking for a son the whole time, but it's actually a daughter. And then somebody realizes that like the the daughter's older um or something and then they realize that it's actually his daughter i think and they thought that he was cheating on her but it was actually just his daughter because she's really pretty and then the I'm way you're sure describing that, that is like someone describing their dream because <laughs> i really can't remember if it's a dream or a movie but i'm like 90 percent sure it's that movie <laughs> so check it out well was Maybe. it a dream or movie or was it a podcast You'll never know. Wait, can I add one more thing? Yeah, it was, it's a fun thing. That was a really good closer, though. Can everyone I know, appreciate it that? It was really good. But Thank so you. I texted you and you didn't respond. Oh, is that when my phone was on? No, no, no. This was yesterday at 9.05 a.m. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So I, somebody actually went back and watched My Girl because um, I've talked about it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Did and you? Huh? Yeah. You don't remember? It's the person who I, dies every from the record, bees. I black out. I do too, man. The um, bees? He dies from, he's aller somebody's allergic to bees. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Massive Cheese said, I saw my girl as a kid because it was, I saw my girl as a kid because it, wait, I th I don't think, I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> says i saw my girl as a kid because it was my sister's turn to rent a movie i'd never hated anything more and i remember when the he, the boy died i just thought what a wimp he was like allergic to bees <laughs> so it was the boy that dies not the girl oh um yeah thank you so much kate that was lovely thank you for kate thank you for kate's story time i meant partaking in kate's story time yeah make sure to let us know if you like this format or not um, you can let us know on Instagram. We clearly check the messages. Um, let us know in the comments of our YouTube video, youtube.com slash sit, uh, sit so good. Sit so good. <laughs> shut up, keep going. I'm trying to steal our fans. Um, shut up, keep going all one word on Instagram as well. Uh, yeah, this has been another episode. Thank you. Every Friday. So see you next week. Bye. Bye.